Amen. All right, we're going to get to this passage here in a minute. I just want to cover some, um, some elementary things before we get into this. We've been speaking on foundations, and, and of course, you know that whenever you build a building, you build upon a foundation. And of course, the Bible, that's the Bible's idea too, that he says in the Word of God that if we build upon the solid rock, then when the storms come, then that, that whatever comes, we will, our house will not fall. If we build on shifting sand, then when the storms come, then the house comes crashing down. And so even foundation, foundationally, that is from the word of God. And so sometimes we can build our lives and not realize that we took a worldly concept and used it as part of the foundation. And so we can, you know, a foundation, most of the time you have certain blocks or certain, uh, you know, even in the old days they would use stone, cut stone, and put at the bottom and then lay the, the house or the boards upon that foundation to support the, the home. But those stones, if you would imagine them for a moment as different principles of the word of God. But if we through life... And being taught through situations, through maybe uh, our, our family, our parenting, things that we've learned. If we were taught the wrong fundamental truth or the wrong, I can't call it a truth if it's wrong, the wrong, um, the wrong mindset around something, we can put that in our foundation and think that that's truth, build our lives on that, and then realize that that's not necessarily what we should be building our lives on. But we have to remove that stone, but we can't leave a gap. We can't leave it empty. We have to put something else in its place. And that has to be truth. That has to be something that's solid. It has to be something that you can build your life on. And faithfulness is one of those things. Faithfulness, in fact, is who God is. God is faithful. The Bible says that even when men are not faithful, he is faithful. And so... In our lives, we want to model faithfulness. In fact, faithfulness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so if we have the Holy Spirit in our life, if you've been born again and you've invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life, then the Holy Spirit comes, lives within you, and we are supposed to be representing him through the fruits of the Spirit. That are the, the aspects, the character of God. And faithfulness is one of those characteristics. So I know many times people think of when you say faithfulness, they might think faith, but faith is actually what we believe in to the point that it causes our life actions to line up with whatever it is that we're believing in. So, and even as the, the word of God <clears throat> says, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's what you believe in. It's what you put your trust in. It's what you, your actions will back up what you believe in. And so faith is the noun. It is the what you believe in. But faithfulness is actually, it's not a noun, it's an adverb. And it tells how often we do something, how often or repetitively we will do something in, for what we believe in. So that faith that we believe in, how often are we continually putting our trust in that? So it talks about repetition. It talks about 
the amount of times. Faithfulness is continual. Faithfulness is being found uh, always in that place where you're believing or actively doing something uh, to back up what you believe in. So if God calls us to be faithful, then that means he wants to see repetition in our life. And so many times we can, we can kind of look at that and get, uh, especially in this generation, because we're, we're about two generations away from faithfulness being a quality that we see all the time. If you would have talked to your grandparents, your grandparents would have said that someone's word meant something that they didn't need a contract, that someone's handshake was as good as their word, and that you would have, if you shook hands on something or if your word, if you said something, then that meant that you could trust that that person was going to do what they said they were going to do. But we're so far from that now. We're a couple generations out of that. And so today's, in today's time, we don't see that. Our children are not seeing a world of faithfulness. And so we as Christians have to change that. Because faithfulness is part of who God is. And if we are going to be Christians, then we've got to replicate who God is. We're to be called as a light and an example of who Christ is on this earth. So faithfulness should be something that, that our children see, that we should be instilling in our children. No matter what the world is saying, no matter when the world says to quit or don't show up or don't do or don't serve or don't uh, continue to do what you said you were going to do, but we're to exemplify to our children and instill in our children faithfulness faithfulness so faithfulness is not an attitude it's a discipline and all these words that I'm saying this morning people tend to cringe because they don't like commitment persistence faithfulness uh you know consistency all of those words kind of make people go Ugh, because it requires something of us right it requires that we do it even when we don't feel like it it requires us to step into that place even if we don't feel like doing it and so faithfulness is a discipline not an attitude it's not a mindset it's, it's a discipline. It's something that you do because you believe in the quality of it. You believe in the, in the character of it. It's part of being and having integrity. And I want to read through this uh, parable that Jesus spoke of, and it's very interesting when you really look at it um, because it, it talks about faithfulness more than anything else. And so let's, let's uh, pick up at verse 14 in Matthew 25, 14. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And the master replied and said, well done, good and faithful servant. Say that, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold? See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. That's quite a... uh, Uh, The other end of the spectrum there. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that parable can come across like a little bit like, <gasps> what's going on there? And what is, what is God saying to us? Because, you know, in our society today, if someone came back with the one, we'd say, oh, good job, you didn't lose it. You know, well, at least you didn't go in the hole. You know, and our mindset is not necessarily uh, in the same place until, we, again, we renew our mind to the word of God and understand the importance of what God is saying here. But let's go over a couple of these words. Before we get into uh, the other two, let's look at the, the last one here for a moment. Because you see these two words, wicked and lazy, and it's, those are uh, some pretty harsh words. And so well, let's look at those for a moment, and I want to touch on what Jesus was actually saying when he meant and said those words. If you look it up in the actual uh, original Greek language, that word wicked, we think of wicked as in like an evil-hearted person. Right, somebody that thinks up wicked schemes, <laughs> and let's do this, and let's cause this evil to happen, and and that's how we think of wicked, but that's not what what is being referred to here. When he says wicked, he's actually referring to a work ethic or a work character that is lacking. It has to do with work, and they're they're being found wanting. They're lacking. They're not useful. They're not benefiting anything. And so when Jesus is saying, you wicked servant, he's actually saying, you didn't do anything. You lacked character. You, you didn't apply yourself. And 
In fact, that word lazy, that word lazy means idle, slothful. And of course, slothful is like slow to work, dragging your feet. It also means to shrink back or unwilling to participate. Unwilling to participate. <clears throat> I was at um, some of the, the young adults here were up playing at the uh, bridge um, over this winter season, and they've been playing in a community volleyball league. And so I went to their last game and, and watched them. And I just got to thinking as I was sitting there watching, because there was about four, four teams uh, playing at the same time on different courts, and, and there's um, games going on over a period of three hours. And so I'm watching some of the teams and just watching, you know, you can kind of get to know personalities without actually uh, engaging with people because you see them on the court, you see how they interact, you see uh, their work or their lack of work or whatever it might be. And so it's interesting to watch, and I was sitting there thinking and thinking back to uh, my days in, in high school or different times when I played sports, and I remember thinking how... Sometimes on a team, you could have people that show up but don't really do a whole lot. And they take up space, but they have no heart. And how in actuality, that can actually be a, more of a frustration for those that are working hard because they're like, oh, they got it. They got the ball. They got the catch. They got the, you know, and they're just kind of like, eh. You know, and they don't put forth all their effort. And you're like, well, if they wouldn't have been there, at least somebody else would have gone after it. You know, and you're thinking, at least they would have tried. And the possibility, but we were all depending on them. And so nothing happened because they were half-hearted. They were unwilling to participate. So faithfulness is not just about just showing up. You know, and I'm sure in basketball, because basketball is a very close contact sport, you know, and if somebody's not guarding, right, you're like, get on them, because then they're an easy, uh, an easy target to throw a ball to, and then they can make a shot, but if somebody's guarding them, they're going to make it a lot harder for that person to receive the ball, and so that idea that unwilling to participate, because sometimes people think, well, I'm here, I showed up, I'm present, but are they participating? Are they playing with their whole heart? Are they doing the faithful things? Are they, are they uh, fulfilling their responsibility, what was expected of them? And this guy here obviously didn't because Jesus refers to him and says, you wicked, lazy servant. And then if that wasn't enough, he, he ends it with calling him worthless. <laughs> So we've got these three adjectives here that he's throwing out there that's like it's not complimentary. And that whole idea of worthless means unprofitable and unuseful. Unuseful. So sometimes, like this guy here, he showed up, but he wasn't useful. There was no use for him to even be there because he was taking up space but he wasn't participating with his heart. He wasn't serving. He wasn't being faithful. 
But if we look through the passage, what is the thing that Jesus says to all to the the other two servants? He he finalizes his uh, validation in them by saying, "You good and faithful servant." Now it's really interesting because he doesn't say, "You super spiritual Christian, you I'm so pleased with you, you." You Christian that prays all the time, I'm so happy, enter into the joy of the Lord. You Christian that healed a bunch of people, but he doesn't. In fact, in another passage of scripture, he says that there are some that will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. And he says, depart depart from me, you workers of iniquity. But he never says Depart from me, you faithful person. Now, I'm not saying that none of the other things are important. They are. God wants those things manifesting in our life. Miracles, signs, wonders, healings. He wants all of those things. Prayer. Those are things he wants coming out of our life. But when it comes down to it, faithfulness is part of a foundation that we have to have in our life have to have character is everything because we can be we can be doing all sorts of uh, signs wonders and miracles but if we do not have the character that's required if we're not loving the Lord if we're not faithful to the Lord we can still end up in hell so God says you good and faithful servant and that word good has also to do with work it has to do with your work ethic for him your work ethic in life of are you serving and living your life to the Lord? Are you working unto the Lord as if as, and not unto man? Is your attitude and your heart into, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a, a, a light to, for God and I'm going to shine his light no matter if I have, you know, this might not be the, the best situation right now. It might not be exactly what I wanted to do. It, this, this might be an unexpected thing that came up, but am I going to have an attitude that shines for God? Am I going to allow my life to be a replication of Christ? Am I going to show others who Christ is? through my life and through my actions. So faithfulness is not just about showing up and saying, here, Jesus, here's the coin that you gave me, you know, uh, 30 years ago, and I've still got the same coin. Haven't done anything with it. I went and hid it to make sure it wasn't stolen or anything, but here it is. But Jesus said immediately, if you look in the scripture, he gave each one according to what? Their ability. He's not going to give you more than what you can do. He's going to give you what you are able to handle. And I'm not meaning suffering. That's not what I'm meaning. I'm meaning your ability to to produce for him. See, that was the problem with the last servant. He didn't produce because he ran in what? Fear. He hid it because he was afraid. And so God wants us to walk things out with, okay, I I may not have everything, but if he's called me to it, I know he's going to provide. If he's called me to do this, I know the grace is going to be there to do it. If he's called me to do it, I know he's going to give me the ability. 
You have the ability, if he's given it to you to do, if he's required it of you, he has given you the ability to do it. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you, and he's not going to put you out there somewhere and say, yeah, go do it on your own. I know, I know I'm not going to give you the equipment. I'm not going to give you the resources. I'm not going to give you the ability. So uh, good luck. Those he calls to do something, he will equip. And he will give you everything that's needed. And it says when he gave it to them, when he gave them the five, when he gave them uh, the two, it says they went at once and put it to work. They went at once. So that's an immediate thing. They went at once and put it to work. And then it goes on and it talks about how That second or that third servant says, I know that you're a hard man, harvesting where he's not somewhere. He didn't know the character of God. But he did know that there was going to be a requirement. Because he, he said, I knew that you harvested where you have not sown. You know, there are things in life that we can be exposed to, that we learn from, that we grow from. Those are things that have been invested in our lives. There's knowledge and wisdom that gets handed to us, what, through life group Bible studies, through sermons, through uh, even practical things that we learn in life through our parents or through people that have handed us uh, good wisdom. When we receive that, when we receive resources into our hands, when we receive time into our hands, all of these things we will give an account of. And what we have learned and what we have, uh, what has been given to us in the idea of management, of wisdom, of understanding, we will give an account for. So he says, You've, you harvest where you haven't planted or where you haven't sown. What's been, what's been invested, what's been planted in your life that you'll give an account to someday? What wisdom have you been given from others? Maybe there's been people that's imparted things into your life, talents, giftings, things that you can, you can serve God with. Maybe there's things that wisdom that's been imparted to you that you know that you have the understanding of. Are you doing anything with it? Do you have the, the giftings that maybe other people don't have? Are you using that for the purpose of God's kingdom? These are things that we have to think about because we'll give an account to. Are we faithful with what we've been given? Are we faithful with what we've been given? Let's turn over to the book of James, chapter 1. James 1, verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
not lacking anything. So it's talking about perseverance, but it is a type of faithfulness. Pushing through. And it says when you continue to push through, when you are faithful, then you're actually completing a process of maturity. You're actually working the process of becoming mature. And when you're complete and mature, then you're not going to be in lack. Because you will operate according to how God wants you to operate, and he will give you what it is that you're needing for that thing. So there's a completion process in perseverance or faithfulness. And there, there are different areas in life. Let's look at this for a second. There are, I wrote down three, um, three areas that we can be faithful in, in our lives. Three types of faithfulness. Number one is faithful to people. Faithful to people. Are we faithful with our contracts to people? Are we faithful in our marriages? Are we faithful to uh, the things that we're, we're called to with people? Our relationship with people? Are we faithful in our jobs? Do we, do we just call off for no reason? Just whenever we feel like working, we work, and then when we don't, we call off and, and make excuses? Or are you faithful at your work? Are you faithful in your relationship with your husband and wife? Are you faithful to your commitments to people? When you say, I'm going to be there, do you show up? I mean, even just things like a courtesy phone call, a courtesy text. I don't know if you've ever moved your day around because you had an appointment with somebody or, you know, you committed to somebody and then they just didn't show up or they just didn't text you, just you, you heard nothing. But you may have taken time off work or you may have adjusted your, your day and then you didn't hear from them. Are you faithful in your relationships? So faithful to people. Are you faithful to, to even uh, your relationship with the Lord, honoring the Sabbath? Are you faithful to God? So are you faithful to people or your relationships? The second one is being faithful to the principles of the word of God. Are you faithful to your principles of the word of God? Do you believe, when you read the word of God, do you believe what it says? Do you take it to heart? Or is it just a, a scripture verse that, yeah, I, I read my word today. Are you reading it, and whenever you see something, you're measuring your life according to that standard and saying, okay, I've got an adjustment I need to make here. Or, oh, that's some wisdom. I didn't know that. That's something that I need to apply in my life. Are you faithful to his principles? Are you faithful to his commands? Are you faithful to his wisdom? You know, for instance, like honoring the Sabbath is a, is a faithfulness. Tithing is a faithfulness. It's a principle out of the word of God that we remain faithful to. Are you faithful to uh, your work ethics? Just like what we were talking about when it said, you know, you wicked and lazy servant. Are we faithful to our work ethic? 
Like, do not lie. Do not steal. Not making compromises on little things like, well, you know, they won't, my workplace won't miss it if I just uh, pocket a few of these uh, extras that they have. It's an ethics thing. Because if you do those things, even if, the, even if it's only the Lord that sees, it's the Lord that gives promotion. He's the one that raises up. So he's the one that's most important. If he sees it, some people act like it's the other way around. Well, you know, nobody was around. Well, promotion doesn't come from man. Promotion comes from the Lord. So are we faithful to his principles? Are we faithful to the ethics? Are we faithful to read his word? And the third one is, are we faithful to our, I hate to word it like goals, but are we faithful to our vision, to our goals, to who we want to become? Because everything we want to become requires faithfulness. If we look in, at someone's life and go, man, they're really good at that. I, wanna, I want that in my life. Man, they're, they're, really, they're really schooled in the word of God. They're really good at, uh, you know, their physical fitness. They're really good at, you know, doing this in their life. I want to do that. I want that in my life. Well, it will, it will require a faithfulness. So there are things in our life that will require a faithfulness, whether it's exercise, whether it's reading the word, whether it's, you know, even in marriage. Well, you know, we need to have, uh, let's set date night for once a month. Are you faithful to keep it? Are you faithful to uh, keep the systems and the structures that you set up in order to see something happen in your life? In fact, I heard a quote from a, there was a man that, that said, it won't be a direct quote, it'll be close, but he said something along the lines of the first half of our life is man building habits in our life, and the second half of life is man managing the results from those habits that he's developed. So the first half of our life is, is getting habits in place, getting certain things in place to see, because it's, success only happens through faithfulness. Success only happens through faithfulness, and faithfulness is not the end result. Faithfulness is the pathway to success. Think about that for a second. Faithfulness is not the end result. You're not trying to get to faithfulness. Faithfulness is the action that's required to reach success or to get the result. So if, say for instance, if I, if I buy property and I'm like, I'm going to build a building on this property. And, and if I decide, oh, I want to build it over here. And I begin to, to lay blocks and I get, you know, a couple layers into it and then I go, Oh, look at that. That's pretty over there. Let's build it over here. And I move over here. And I quit this job, and I begin to build it over here. And then I look back. Oh, but I like that area over there. And I keep getting distracted with the area. I'm never going to get anything built. I'm never going to see an end result if I'm constantly moving around. And it's the same thing in life. Sometimes people get so excited over the next best thing that they never remain faithful to the thing that God is calling them to. 
And I'm not, and you, you really have to think about what, what God wants to apply with what I'm saying in your personal life. Because like I said, it's not just about faithfulness to a, a big vision. It's also faithfulness to the small things in life. Like, for instance, has, I, I, there's probably more than one person in here that has that room in their house that they keep saying, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get, I, that needs cleaned out. That closet, that garage, that attic, that whatever it is, it needs cleaned out. I'm going to get to that. And, and you just never do it. And it just sits there. And you go once in a while and you open the door and you just kind of look. And you go, eh, another day. <laughs> Some other day. I don't have time. But if you were faithful to just tackle it bit by bit, every, every day I'm going to tackle it for 15 minutes. Or every Saturday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle a portion of it. Then you would get it done bit by bit. In fact, God tells us in Proverbs that a man who saves money little by little will get rich. But a man who's looking for the the quick uh, get rich scheme, that money dwindles. And so the, the Bible even talks about little by little. When the, when the people were going into the promised land, he said, I'm going to take you into the promised land, but I'm not going to give it to you all at once. I will give it to you little by little. Because if not, then the beast of the land would overtake you because you're not ready for it yet. So little by little, faithfulness, faithfulness. Turn over to Acts. I want you to see uh, Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul knew something about faithfulness because the more that I paid attention to what he was, what he would say, he talked a lot about finishing and completing. He said, my life has been poured out like a drink offering. But in Acts 20, verse 24, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. To, to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given me. And just very quickly, he also, I wrote down in, just in the book of Colossians, Colossians alone, he says this about four different people. In Colossians 1.7, he says, you learned it from Epaphras, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Colossians 4, 7. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant in the, in the Lord. Colossians 4, 9. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother. And then he finishes it up in, in uh, chapter 4, 17, and he says, Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete and fulfill the ministry you received in the Lord. That's just in the book of Colossians. Four different times he says hardly anything about these men other than this one's faithful, this one's faithful, this one's faithful, and tell this one to be faithful. 
And in Acts 20, he says, all I'm concerned about is finishing the race and completing the task. Finishing the race and completing the task. In order to thrive, faithfulness has to be a quality. It has to be something that we choose to do. If God has told you to complete something this year, if God has spoken to you in an area of your life, body, soul, spirit, or maybe one, one thing in all three of those areas, be faithful to complete it. Stay the course. It's not about whether or not we feel like it. It's always about choosing to complete it. Choosing to complete it. The rewards of life are found through faithfulness and discipline. Through faithfulness and discipline. Minister, can you come to the keyboard, please? A faithful person will finish what they've started. A faithful person will finish what they've started. Many people miss out on God's best or the destination that he has for them because they're not faithful to see it through. And most of the time, it's just based on distractions or it's based upon feelings because, well, it's requiring work of me and I, I'm not feeling the excitement anymore. It takes work to see anything fulfilled and completed in life, anything good in life. It takes work and it takes faithfulness. Faithfulness is not a bad word. <laughs> it's actually a very, very good characteristic. And of course, many times, you know, we'll look at other people, we'll look at our friends and say, and we'll, we'll judge someone on their faithfulness. But we have to look at our own lives and say, am, am I being faithful? Am I being faithful to people? Am I being faithful to the purposes and the plans that God has given me? Am I being faithful to his principles and his word? Because in faithfulness, there's a blessing. The Bible says that those who are faithful will abound in the blessing of God. So you can't quit when the newness wears off. In fact, faithfulness actually protects you. It's a protection. Let me read you a, a quick passage out of Proverbs. Proverbs 28.20 is the, the scripture that says, A faithful person will be richly blessed. 
a faithful person will be richly blessed. But then there's another scripture that says, whoever has no rule over his spirit or whoever does not have self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And it's interesting because if we may not, we may not quite understand that because, you know, we have, we have people that want to break our walls down in America, but walls are actually there to protect it's there to keep us safe. It's to, it's to allow good in and evil out. But it says a man who lacks self-control is like a person without walls or broken down walls. When we exercise discipline, when we exercise faithfulness and self-control in our life, it's like actually putting in a protectant. When you have faithfulness in your marriage, it's a protectant for your marriage. There are certain things that in our marriage that we did to protect it. Certain principles that we applied from day one. Before we ever got married, we said, well, we will not throw the word divorce around. That is not a word we use. And it has protected our marriage. Because we don't allow just flippant responses and, and just allowing the word divorce to just be a, an option get, that gets seeded in the mind. It's a protectant. There are other things that, that we have done. We don't, we don't counsel with people of the opposite sex. It's a, it's a protectant. That ke- it's either both of us are present or someone else is present if that happens. But... More often than not, some of you may have even heard me refer you to, to Pastor Brad. If you're a male, you should talk to my husband, da 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 da, da. It's a protectant. It's to create the walls of faithfulness. That's the same thing with money. I remember uh, listening to, it was a an African preacher, and I can't remember which one it was now, but he had said years ago, they, they, he was like, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm being faithful in my tithe. I'm being faithful in my offering. Why is it I'm not seeing a breakthrough with, my, with, with being able to be uh, walk, stepping into that, that arena of wealth? And the Lord pretty much spoke to him and said, you're not saving anything. You're spending everything that you have. Well, the, the word of God says a fool spends everything he has. He said, I didn't really have that much extra, but I took what I had, the little I had, and I began to set aside $5 every week, $5 every week. And it was the little by little, and then he could increase it to 10, and then to 25, and then to, and and he's a, you know, he's wealthy today and can fund different ministries and can fund different things because he took the principle of God and applied it and was faithful with the little. And God has made him ruler over much. But we have to use the wisdom of God and be faithful to what it says. See, faithful is not just a spiritual word, but it's also a word of practicality. It it works with cleaning out your garage, and it works with the spiritual things too. (laughs) So in our lives, be faithful. Go ahead and stand to your feet.
I read this comment this earlier this week. It was from Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys, and he said, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve everything they want to be. The job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve everything that they want to be. Think about it. If they don't have that coach, are they going to be consistent in going and showing up at the field every single day and pushing themselves time after time after time? Probably not as consistent as of having a coach. The thing is, most of us don't have life coaches. So we have to be faithful. We have to hold ourselves accountable. And that's why even at the beginning of the year, I said accountability, transparency. These things are going to be important to thriving this year. Have people in your life that you are willing to be open with and transparent with. Let them know what it is that you're working towards. Let them know what it is that you're, what you're uh, working on this year so that they can be an encouragement, so they can remind you that as each month passes, are you still staying on with that? Have you had breakthrough? Have you, have you already conquered it? Then let's get a new one in place. Let's thrive. Let's thrive. Some things may take years. And it takes faithfulness, even with the, the school. You know, there are things that it takes a consistency. We come in Monday evenings. We have class. Tuesday, just about every Tuesday, I spend editing that class and getting it uploaded for the, the website. Just the editing alone takes twice the amount of time that teaching the class does. So it doesn't just end on teaching. And then there's the preparation before the teaching. That takes faithfulness. But in order to see something completed in your life, you've got to remain faithful. Remain faithful. And you'll see it happen. David received a word that he was to become the king of Israel. But he didn't see it happen for 20 years. But he was faithful. He was faithful to Saul even when Saul was no longer acting in a place of, of reverence for the Lord. Even when he wasn't serving the Lord any longer. But he said, you know what? Saul's, or God's the one that put Saul in the place and I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. God can put me there when he's ready to put me there. And he was faithful. He was faithful to Saul and he was faithful to the Lord. Your job is just to be faithful. God will see your faithfulness and what? He will bless you for it. He will bless you for it. So let's take a moment this morning. Even the things that God has laid on your heart, what is it that you need to maybe be faithful in? Is it in your finances? Is it in a relationship? Is it in a principle of God? Is it in something within your workplace? Do you need to be faithful in your excellence there? Are you just doing enough to get by? Even those serving in ministry, are you doing just enough to get by? Are you showing up with ideas? Are you showing up with your best? Be faithful. So, Father, I pray this morning that even as we, we have a heart to want to be like you,
We want faithfulness to be a, a character in our lives. Because, Lord, that's who you are. You are faithful. And the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. So, Father, I pray that you would speak to people. In what areas are we to be more faithful in? Are we to show up and be willing to participate, willing to give it our all? We choose not to run in fear. We choose not to hide our giftings, our talents, our, our finances, our resources, the things that you have given to us, Father. That we choose to step up and give these things to you and allow our lives to be a service of faithfulness to you and to the gospel. So I pray, Father, that you would instill that in every person here. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now, if you're here this morning,